grab your definitely not trademarked silver masked huntsman and little green child friend. It's time for GeekCast Live. It's a trap! Welcome to episode I'm Tits McGee. I'm Ron. Eight. Burgundy. Of the GeekCast Live podcast. Tits I am McGee your host, died off. GCR. And with me, as always, Rob Bass. A guy who speaks with normal inflection. And Cartoon Joe. <laughs> you know, sometimes. <laughs> they really it. ham it up. Sometimes when you put the ball on the tee for Joe, he fucking hits it. <laughs> yeah. you know? He puts his fucking ass into it. Sometimes he's, he, he squishes the bug and turns his hips. Mm. Odor. Uh, oh, God. No. Good to be back, guys. <laughs> great to be back. You should throw that in more. It's just like a fucking filler like, word. That's oh, great. Oh, Odor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, did I... Did I was that revealed in the books or in the show? Is it just the show that they did no. the why he's Hodor? Yes. I think yeah. it's just in the show so far. Yeah. Do you I think, also think, do that, you I think was... that that's legit? If not, that's one of the more creative pieces of, uh, of think original. Yeah. Well, actually, no, we don't, we guess we don't know for sure if that's not. Was that and come we'll after never George, know. George tapped out? I don't know. Uh, no, I mean, did that happen in the seasons when they were writing their own shit, or when George yes. was still correct? I think I think it was. Yeah, it was uh, whenever they had already surpassed. Uh, the that's books. pretty good stuff. Then, yeah. yeah. Would you be willing to say if they just made that up, it's the best of their shit? Without question, I think so too. Do you think that George will? You think that'll be what he's why he's called Hodor, or do you think we'll they'll just never address it? It's just a god. They will never address it in the book. They'll never address the, it. The yeah. show piece has become canon. I think I was also thinking of uh, the Lannister cousin who mm. used to just smash rocks against bugs. Mm. Cool. Mm. cool, cool, smash, smash Rockington. Yeah, yeah, Lannister, smash Rockington, Lannister. I think he was one of the tangled villains. Mm-hmm. All of those things are voiced true. voiced by a Ron Perlman. Right. Thank you very much. Um my second favorite Perlman. After Rhea. Correct. I knew it. I knew it. Married to uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um Hollywood's best couple with an accurate score of couple. six. Yeah. Maybe Dwarven Power Couple is an early show title. It's really sad. It is. Um, Rob, what is making you laugh this week, man? Or smile or emote in a positive way? Uh, I just finished teaching for the school year. Today was my very last day. Uh, And it's been a fantastic year. Uh, I learned a lot of things. Uh, I think I taught at least a couple of things. Um. And uh, yeah, no, it was pretty fantastic. Uh, Ryan, your wife uh, and I decided that we should probably have you and I uh, a career change because I think that our true calling was actually to be circus clowns. Neither of us realized it until today. 
um, I'm letting you know that that's probably what we should be doing with our lives. Me and you or you and my wife? Yeah, yeah you and I. Okay. Why should we yeah. be circus clowns? I'm fine with it. Cause I can do like the, uh, I can like start balancing something on this finger and then transfer it to all my other fingers and back. So yeah, I'm cool. it's that. basically that, uh, talk with any amount of enthusiasm and like articulation and, uh, put some makeup on. And I think I'd that, like to get better at that. Like I have a ball in this hand. Whoop. Nope. Now it's in this hand trick mm-hmm. where I like you hide it behind like your thumb crease type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more, gotta that's be more some... magician work. Well, yeah, I do like, I mean, uh, like, I'm like, I think I'm they're like intertwined. Cookie the magic clown. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys do realize that in the, the, the ch- clown union charter, you cannot have facial hair and be a certified accredited clown. I, I want to talk to my clown union rep. Um, I, I actually I, good, good luck, but I'm just saying I didn't know that life choices here. Is yeah. there is there like a clown apprenticeship program that we have to go into like a, like a like you're a pipe fitter i don't yeah. know yeah 100 yeah. percent. that's exactly the local, what i actually think 205 clown guild <laughs> hell clown yeah journeyman support yeah. your local clown journeyman what hell did yes. they call it because like the guys who <laughs> clown <the> journeyman <laughs> <laughs> is that the but i want to know the guys who work the docks call themselves stevedores longshoremen right <laughs> What do are do clowns just do they just refer to themselves as clowns or are they like no they they Laughman. how would Dave Chappelle put it uh, they would be something like yeah like scuttlebutts yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes I would Giggle join mongers. a clown union I didn't Car know packers. you couldn't have facial hair but I've never seen a clown with facial hair yeah it's in the code I've seen the the sad clown has like stubble you could have a giant merkin. But facial hair not permissible. I am. So, I don't know. Just I'm just We're letting you know. The 21st century, Ryan. I want to call it now. When I officially get my clown egg, mm-hmm. which is what they give you when you uh-huh. yeah, instead of a license, it's you like get a, a challenge egg. <laughs> well, you know that the clown eggs. That's the real thing. Yeah, it's your SAG card. But yeah, for, you put you got to put your special monger. makeup on an egg, and then you give it to, and then it's like registered. This is my clown egg. But anyway, I did not. I am going to be Merkin the Magic Clown, in case anybody was wondering. I'm glad you are. And I would like to put an early dibs in, uh, you know, uh, no locks of love, uh, Rob, for for your beard. I am going to confiscate it for a Merkin Merkin project. Perfect. I wouldn't have it any other way. A Merkin project. (laughs) Mm hmm. I don't need to ask any more questions. Probably not at this point. I'm in. Yeah. It's an epic game of hide and seek I'm going to be working on. Uh, but yeah, so that uh, uh, wrapping up school, having a good time, uh, getting that, ready that just to hit, right? go, go all the way. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Sorry. I just, uh, since 1946, many clowns have recorded their makeup by having it painted on eggs that are kept at a central registry. And yeah. uh, would anyone like to know, would like to guess the name of the town in England that the clown registry is? Um, Andover. Close. Uh, Leeds. And a Dewey, like the sausage. Mm. The old <laughs> French town in Wales, and Dewey. <laughs> Big tent upon pond. Uh, Rob's oh, the closest. Wookie hole. <laughs> oh my God. Your ass hurts. <laughs> Spell it, you. W O O K E Y space hole. 
It's so okay. Wookie so, Hole, Somerset, England. Fuck you, Britain. What are we not? Why are the four of us not doing like GCL goes to Wookie Hole? I because we didn't know we had to. Yeah, that's it's now on that our is, great year. That is the pilgrimage. Yeah. Why aren't we the four co-mayors of Wookie Hole? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Do they had. <laughs> Do they have like a sister podcast program for, for chance? Sister podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> if not, we can get them to show. Like a podcast exchange program for Wookiee Hole. If you're listening, anyone who's listening, if you know of a podcast out of Wookiee Hole, Somerset, England, or would like to start one, uh-huh. we would love to be your sister podcast. We'll or just- your first guest. Or however it needs to play Whatever out. We need or to you start happen. here. Yeah, let's. We're wide open for Wookie wow. Hole. If you were wide a, open for Wookie if, Hole, <laughs> that's a it's a show title. If you were a a football club out of Wookie Hole, what, uh-huh. would you be the Wookie Hole Clown Eggs? You'd have to be, right? No, Bowcasters. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's the one. <laughs> and there's actually no other right answer. Right. That, I that mean, is that is 100% correct. <laughs> oh, uh, Joe, what's been making you smile this week? Well, now this. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, Rob. How many years have you been teaching again? Did I ask that? Uh, is, this, is, three? this is the end of my second year. Uh, so you, so two years. I okay. was I was kindly uh, invited back next year, uh, and so next year will be uh, the beginning of my third. Well, look, I so every once in a while I get to go to the school with you for um, uh, we've done a Veterans Day program and we've done two talent shows now. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to say, seeing you with the kids and the way they interact with you and absolutely love Mr. Bass is really fucking cool. I'm really proud of it. It's very well, nice you. to see. Thank you. Very so much. it's uh, I know it was uh, I don't think you were scared of the opportunity, but it was a little weird at first. Yeah, it was definitely a, a, you, uh, a different you do opportunity. A, you do a very good job. They, the kids, fuck. You have a child army, and it's it's you are not lying. They love you. Just gonna nice. put them to use. Yeah, it's very cool, man. Found a calling. And like and I've I talked to my wife who teaches mm-hmm. kindergarten at that school. Um, there's no reason you're not heading the talent show next year. Yeah. Oh, I really All think right. it's you know. It was supposed to be 80s themed this year, from what I was told. Like Josie was all excited. They were gonna do they were gonna do highway to the danger zone, is what their class was gonna do. Nice. And then somebody dropped out, and the person who took over decided to change the theme to Disney. And then she picked all the songs, and every song she picked out was like, What's the slowest boring ballad song from this movie? And let's make the sixth grade class sing it. And it's like there was no fun. There was no, it was like, bleh. You, you know, year one, Rob paints all those little shits up in Warhammer 40K regalia God, and stages of mock battle. Incredible. I just, oh my God, like parting the crowd to the like bleacher seating to the side so that we could fill the gymnasium with water so we could reenact some sort of shit battle. Yeah, naturally. Uh, I, mean, I, I, pic- I, I picture don't see him, why you wouldn't. I picture him like the guy in Gladiator. All right, parents, where... grandparents, everyone downstairs. To and the now the Carpathians <laughs> and, to but, the aquatic center. But when you when you go up there and you do a very overproduced like five minute set and yeah. then you yell into the microphone, open up this pit, <laughs> and all the kids come screaming into the middle of the floor. 
fucking zenith. Yeah. <laughs> the peak. I've put some thought into this. It's you should definitely do it. not something that has a You should absolutely do it. Uh, I love it. Joe, what about you? I, uh, it feels weird to be smiling about politics, considering the place that we're in and time. Hell. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, level, I have to say uh, the thing that's making me smile today is the entire House of Representatives laughing at Marjorie Taylor Greene for invoking Fuck decorum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't just Democrats. No, no, that was the whole house going like, "You bitch, Full on stop, mockery. you fucking howling baboon in your white <laughs> p diddy jacket." Stop it at the State of the uh, Union talking about decorum here now. Uh, like, there's hypocrisy, and then there's Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's incredible. There's uh, no one. Is it just? Is it? I don't know how to phrase this. Yeah. What happens when, when like PC collapses in on itself? Does it make a black hole of political correctness? I don't know what that means. I don't know. With, with all the LGBTQ and, and trans issues, mm-hmm. is, is, is that just why no one can call her out for, for clearly having a cock and balls? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that that I mean mayhaps. I no know. offense to anyone who looks you know looks like a gender that they don't wish to be, but that is an ugly Except man, for her, right? Yeah, she. That's a very ugly man. I would just say an ugly person. <laughs> no, inside and out. Yeah, I just I love I love that she is so like power train hungry. That she gets a chance to act as speaker and bang a gavel, and she thinks that people are going to respect the position because you should respect the position. And because she gives none, she gets none. And it's mm-hmm. it's a thing that I've had to not work on, but like I had to have a conversation with a kid this last season with a parent because the parent was up his ass because he was being disrespectful. And I had to tell the parent that, well, you can't respect something. You can't disrespect something you have no respect for in the first place. So he wasn't being disrespectful. And it's like, that's what, that's the embodiment of what happened with her today. And I go go, take me one step deeper there. Was that in a sports capacity? Yes. It was in a, a sports and life capacity. Yeah. Who or what was the person disrespecting the player? Um, one of the kids that I T coach um said something, and uh, a a parent wanted to have him like punished for it because it was said it to whom though to another kid to or? another to a parent. Okay. Um, but the parent was John, and was it wasn't being they weren't being respectful either. Ooh, yeah, I got and, you. Oh, uh, I see. But, now but I got because, it. I, I but because, okay. because, like, uh, kids should respect their elders bullshit. Oh. Um, they, they said, hey, that, you know, then I said, well, you know, you can't disrespect that which you have no respect for. So we'll, we're fine here. But thank you. Yeah. So that's what happened today. And I fucking love the shot and Freud of it all. Yes, mm. absolutely. So I enjoyed that. That made me smile. The other thing that made me smile in politics is... Um, uh meatball ron finally launched his presidential campaign and i just Uh, everything about his campaign so far is so oh not a regular human person he's the living meme 
Yes. And, and, but unsuccessfully, like, so is Donald Trump, but he actually could, could, I think, potentially ride it into power again. But, but Ron DeSantis is like an anti-meme. And just the anti-meme equation. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he is so, he is so terminally online in every way, his whole campaign, everything about it so far. And, and everyone is like, this is fantastic because of how terrible it is. We cannot wait to watch you fail. I, oh yeah. I I feel like I've heard this exactly once in my life before. No, I, I totally agree. I know, I know what you're saying. saying. I think the difference, what's going to be interesting is they're going to have to primary each other. Yeah. And you're going to have, you're going to have like Nikki Haley, who's a shoe bag. And you're going to have Tim Scott, who is going to, his whole thing is I'm like a normal, competent person. Yeah. Good luck with that. And that but, party, but he's, he's never separated himself from Trump. He did all the same voting with Trump that, I mean, he, he voted. Uh, he so he's not a, not a normal right. person, but just. then you're going to have him on stage next to Donald Trump and meatball Ron. And mm-hmm. he's going to look, all he's going to have to do is like, not like, talk, just stipulate to his right at the two right. fucking baboons and roll his eyes and roll his eyes. And yeah. I don't know. They're going to, it's gonna be fucking great. I love that awesome. when you when you when you have DeSantis in a place where he controls everything, he gets to call on the fucking people to ask the questions. He knows the questions ahead of time. Um, he is like he seems polished and on top of things, and his talking points are there because he memorizes things. He doesn't actually think; he just memorizes. He's gonna get filleted. And then when debate. he gets when he gets um, like away from his handlers, and he like laughs like a fucking weirdo. And did you see when he walked into that diner and he was like, what's your name? And the guy's like, my name's no. Tim. He's like, okay, great. And then he like, he was fucking awkward. Yeah, as shit. It was incredible. It was but incredible. He does this with Elon because if he's, uh, he can mute anybody he wants. Yep. No one can ask him questions. He doesn't have pre-approved. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be in front of anyone. So he, no one sees his putting fingers in his small feet. And it fucking failed miserably today. Yep. Well, and, and, and I mean, Elon's whole thing was competence and it's everything, every step of Twitter so far has been incompetence after incompetence. And now the servers are fucking melting down because a hundred thousand people showed up to this space, Twitter spaces, uh, to, to hear, uh, Meatball Ron announce himself as, as campaign or whatever. And it all failed. And he, at one point, uh, Ron is suddenly a, um, He's just a listener again. He's no longer a speaker. speaker. And and it took him about 10 minutes to give up, I'm pretty sure. One time he actually just dropped out of the chat. It's amazing. Wasn't in it anymore. Then he came back. Just amazing. Um, but really the uh the the thing that I think is going to be the nail in the coffin for his campaign is the slogan Make America Florida. Jesus God. I I don't think anyone wants that. I don't even think other Republicans really want that. I don't think Floridians. Florida wants it. Bugs Bunny, didn't, Bugs Bunny didn't saw off South Dakota from the United States, but he famously sawed Florida off the United States as Florida fucking fell into the water. Right. Trans so. icon Bugs Bunny did cut off America's dick. <laughs> and you true. can put me on record with that. Fact. I will and I shall. Yes. Trans icon Bugs Bunny. <laughs> it's it's going to be hideous. I can only hope that those two bleed each other out just enough that uh I'm not sure that, Trump is gonna make it a debate stage. Not me either. I don't know. Yeah. 
but anyway, I'm optimistic. Yeah, same. There's there's just enough chaos and problems this week for the side I hate more that it just makes me happy. So, uh, Nick, what made you smile this week? I don't know. If there's any meat left on this bone. Yes, <laughs> not at a plenty. I have Lauren Bobert saying that she got herself mm. knocked up because she thought it would be cheaper than paying for birth control. Yeah, that she was, almost that was... ran right into the point, didn't she? No, well, she's she's slippery, just slippery enough to not ever hit the target. Um, that way, it wasn't even laughable. That was just another political train wreck. Sad moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I it makes me sad because I don't, I still don't grasp how these buffoons managed to retain their relative little piece of power. It's it's literally mind boggling to me. Uh, so not smile worthy. What is? Shit. I don't really have a good answer. I feel like I'll stumble upon it as we talk about other things, but I don't, uh, I don't have anything legally at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. How did you get video footage on Game Changer? You sent that little clip. Were you just filming that and you uploaded no, it? No, uh, we... Um, it's an option through Game Changer. You, uh, you have to have a Premiere account. Um, oh, okay, but then you just uh, you just press a button and it uh, records things. That's what it made, nice. that's what's making me smile this week is that our my team after um, uh, a strong first game and then two um, Dookie games, um, uh, and a little players only meeting. Uh, we played the number one team in our league tonight, and we ten run them. So, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, feeling really good. Feeling really good about it. Um, they finally I'll backtrack I, then. They, they okay. finally came together. I'll backtrack. I'll I will answer with. Uh, we had some youth sports over the weekend. It was one of those ones where it's baseball tournament and basketball tournament simultaneously. So doing the the mostly one dance over the other. Uh, four and one in the basketball tournament. Lost in the championship game to. Um, You'll find you don't find it as much in the baseball circuit. Occasionally, you will, Ryan, when you play teams from outside the area. But in basketball, you'll find a lot of where you get in tournaments and there's no per se vetting. There's no right. verifications ahead. So we're supposed to be 12U slash sixth grade, and uh, in the championship game, we played a team out of Milwaukee that I, I think I think. 40. The forward yeah. drove the other seven there in his yeah. cutlass. Um, and it makes me laugh, but sad. It's sad that parents think that that's worth doing at a child age to reclassify their kid, to hold them back, uh, you know, for for sport. And then Agreed. Think, think you're going to get better playing with a mustache and at, you know, 190 pounds versus like 12 year olds. It's fine. We did not win that championship game. Um, No, so, but still, still a a really, really good showing at a Nike level, a Nike event. So, and then our baseball team uh, beat a team 29 to one, which I haven't seen that happen. Shellacking. Yeah. So that was, that was odd. That was, that was by the third inning, so that didn't 
Right. Usually the mercy rule would kick in, you know, but yeah, but it's, it's to, too early in the game though. Yeah. You can't mercy three rule in half, the second. Three and a half times through the order in the second. Wow. So that's, uh, that's tough. That's seeing, that's seeing the ball. A little bit, a little bit. So pretty, pretty decent. Hopefully you guys didn't uh, stop stealing and stuff. You just kept fucking pouring it on. Only, only on pass balls after then. Oh, after really? A while. Yeah. Well, at a certain point, I mean, you're not, you're not. When, when it's clear that the, when it's clear that they have brought in a kid who, it, it's the kid whose parents have been saying they want to see him on the mound for like the last nine games. We never. They put him in. Well, I I tend to agree with that philosophy, Ever. especially if the other coach is a jag. Especially but, if they're a jag off, because oh. then it's then when they bring in like the hey we're bringing in like our he's like our tenth guy he his uh-huh. parents want to see him his dad thinks he can pitch like okay cool we're gonna run uh-huh. all over the field yeah right <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna steal second and third because his delivery is so slow and he's not checking the rudder we're gonna steal second on a walk because he he's got his because he's hanging his head down real low and he's like kicking uh-huh. the dirt like Charlie Brown because he just right. the guy again yeah and because he's not looking our guy sprints out of the box because if you don't sprint out of the box for us then you're fired it'll play so they mm-hmm. sprint out of the box and they look at me at first base and I just point to second and they take the fuck off and the kid goes <gasps> and all the people are, are all the parents are yelling he's going he's going it's going and the kid's like I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> I generally subscribe to the yeah you go until the whistle blows situation, um, but I, I'll also I've been I've been on both sides of it, so yes. I will temper it if we're really, like really, uh, yep, exactly correct. If we're dog walking somebody and they're <laughs> good sports on the other side of it, absolutely, we'll take off like the. We're not going to press in basketball. We're not going to just jump home. The, the point guard who clearly is is sweating, sweating. Ball yeah. We're not going to go take the ball away from the kid who can't dribble with his left hand because yeah. when you're up forty, we're not going to take you know we're not going to take the extra base unnecessarily. Uh, but but yeah, but I have had it where. Unfortunately, certain kids had to pay the price because the adults in charge of them were fucking dicks, either the parents or the coach, at which point. uh, Sorry, kids, but we're going to absolutely. Drum these adults into into senility. So. That's fun. Hell yeah. We're going to drum these adults into senility. Yeah, man, it's the worst. I mean, it's it's bad enough when it's your own team parents that are like overly chirpy or, you know, or whatever. But, but you get an opposing coach who's either just a, a belittling his own guys or even worse than talking to, you know, like if you have a coach, Ryan, that like he said, he starts saying because your kid is is not swinging. He's like, yeah, he's not going to swing. Yeah. He's scared to swing. At that point, now if the tables turn, I'm going to absolutely make all your kids cry. Yes, I'm going to hopefully your home pa- suck. Yeah, and I hope that your team parents uh, give you a rash of shit and a stink eye because you just lost twenty-seven to two. The problem with jag the off. problem with most parents is that most of them don't know what's happening. 
No, they're too busy screaming and arguing about they, they don't understand that a ball can break vertically or left to right over the plate. So they're they're yelling about balls and strikes from either one of the baseline side bleachers. Shut the fuck up and <laughs> let the guy call balls and strikes. Oh, Christ in a cartoon. Well, Rob. Yes. You prepared us our like a you've got a thing to say. You got a, an I, essay for us, a, a behind the bastards esque rundown of a topic. And so let's put some plugs in. And then the floor is yours. Hell yeah. All right. Plugging. <laughs> Plugging and. Hey guys, question for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. Ask um, away. Where would you go if you were looking for like, like knee pads and hair ties, but like they had our slogans and logos on them and stuff? I don't um, know. Volleyballmag.org. Oh, you went that volleyball, doesn't sound right. which is nice. I no. was thinking maybe what? a lion's den, but in lieu of going to mm. an adult sex shop, maybe we go to Threadless. Maybe we go specifically to gcl.threadless.com. gcl.threadless.com? Could I get, a, could I get a, a hat rack? I believe so. Nice. Can I get the shower curtain? Yeah. What about stickers? Nope. Oh, okay. There's, How about a notebook? Yes. Fantastic. That's if GCL. I went there, could I, possibly, <laughs> could I possibly get a discount? Yes. How could I do that? We'd have to create a discount code. <laughs> oh, fuck me. GCL.threadless.com <laughs> Littering and... Littering and... Okay, the Rob, what Smoking are we talking the about tonight? I'm glad that you asked. So, uh, tonight we're going to be beating a dead horse. Uh, maybe a uh, little bit. Yes! Uh, <laughs> so, uh, glue! 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 Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. We're going to beat glue back into a horse. Uh, I've been particularly interested in artificial intelligence for a while. Um, and there was recently a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, uh, an inquiry rather, uh, on June 16th that uh, uh, involved a bipartisan committee uh, speaking to Sam Altman of OpenAI, uh, Christina Montgomery, IBM's chief privacy and, tr uh, privacy and trust officer, and Professor Gary Marcus, an artificial intelligence researcher from the University of New York. Uh, and so I wanted to kind of delve into a little bit of the stuff that had gone on during this uh, committee hearing. I think there was a lot of interesting topics that were raised. Um, as I mentioned before, it was a bipartisan hearing. And for the most part, uh, it felt like there was uh, uh, a lot of good points that were made, uh, good questions that were asked, and uh, good concerns that were being raised as well, because they are currently trying to inquire more about this so that we might be able to start forming regulations for artificial intelligence. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about AI today, and I'm going to try and keep this as conversational as possible, but I've got a good handful written here. So, and we spent like 30 minutes in our opening segment, so we're going to power through this. Um, all right. I, just so you know, I've got nowhere to be. 
Hell yes. Perfect. Because this might take a bit, but we'll try and start from the very beginning. So if I, if I fall asleep, just go on without me. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep it as lively as I can. It um, wouldn't be your fault. It would just be me sitting in a darkened truck. It's fine. Fair. So one thing that I found particularly interesting about this uh, committee uh, inquiry is that all three of the people that were sitting in front of uh, the con uh, in front of Congress uh, were very staunchly advocating for regulation. Uh, and with two of these being open AI, um, which is formally an open source or technically an open source um, uh, company, meaning that its programming is open and available for people to be able to use copy test and peer review and such. And IBM being a very big uh, computer uh, technology company. Uh, so with them being at the forefront of kind of advocating for regulation, um, there are a couple of red flags that go up for me, mostly um, the idea of building moats around this new technology and uh, potentially keeping out new developers. But before I really start talking a little bit about that, I want to get into what AI actually is, what are some different stages of AI, and then um, what kind of concerns I have around hype and fear-mongering around AI, and potential concerns that I have about abuses of AI. And then if we have enough time, that I want to pose some potential solutions and thoughts that I have on it as well. So Six-part episode. Yeah, yeah. And the join me for my 12 part series. Um, so what is AI? Uh, the most boiled down uh, understanding for artificial intelligence is basically uh, adaptive decision making programs. We've played around with these a lot in our life. Uh, the one that we would be most familiar with is a uh, kind of artificial intelligence that's referred to as reactive AI. If you say traffic lights. <laughs> if only. Not, not quite yet. Uh, I feel like we've got some work to do to be able to make, uh, to, to get traffic lights to this level. But this would be the level of artificial intelligence that you would be using for things like traffic lights. This is the same kind of AI that we use in things like chess. Whenever you're playing against the chess AI, this computer and chess, like, and it's able to play at uh, like different blue. degrees. Yeah. The chess computer. Okay. Absolutely. Never thought uh, of that as artificial intelligence for some reason. Yeah. Uh, video games. If you're playing any sort of video games, there are usually NPCs that have programmed or pre-programmed responses um, to things that you do. You move towards an enemy, they'll either walk away from you or towards you. If you attack, they'll try and block or attack you back or whatever. Um, these kind of... AI are also used in different kind of algorithms that most people would be familiar with as well, such as Netflix's um, um, video selection and what is popular based on things that you've liked or watched recently. YouTube's algorithm doing the same thing and Twitter and Facebook, these kind of social media algorithms um, falling under this reactive AI category as well. So. The reason why I bring up these reactive AI first is because part of this discussion is going to talk about what are some different stages of artificial intelligence, because there are multiple different stages of it. 
Um, the first one being the one that we've discussed here, which is reactive AI. It just reacts to different kinds of input variables. Something happens, and as a result, it does something else, right? You like a video on YouTube, you're going to see more of that creator's content or related videos to that hmm. um, more often, okay? So now we start getting into more complex forms of artificial intelligence. Um, what we're working with with things like ChatGPT uh, Chat right now are called limited uh, memory AI. And these complete complex tasks using memory, right? They can store data, they can aggregate through all of this information that they have, they can test things and see what works and what doesn't, and they can come to some level of decision-making. This can be things like your autocorrect on your phone, um, your virtual assistants like Siri or Alexa, uh, different kinds of uh, limited language models like ChatGPT that are also doing just advanced chatbot stuff where you're typing in a bunch of words and letters and things, and it's trying to sift through these and figure out what do you mean by these based on other interactions that it's had before. So so hold on. I want to clarify yeah. something real quick, because I always thought that I never, for some reason, thought of siri or any of the things you mentioned as artificial intelligence i thought they were more of just like a if this then that statements in a computer program sure you know and if you ask siri uh you know where's the nearest baskin robbins it just searches the web for the nearest baskin robbins to your sure. GPS location I, it doesn't but seem, there is a level of decision seem, making there because it has to but be it doesn't able seem to... intelligent sure and that's where we're going to start talking about okay. later levels okay. of artificial intelligence. So, so it, it is it is an artificial intelligence. It's just not, I guess, it would be what I would consider so like a rudimentary. Skynet. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. And artificial intelligence, while this is something that's really cropping up right now, like I said, we've had these things in video games for as long as I've been alive, at least. Um, and there have been, there's been AI research since the 1960s and 70s. This is not necessarily a new field per se. Um, this is something that computer scientists have been looking into and theorizing about for a while, um, and building these more and more complex different kinds of either learning algorithms or, um, processing networks to try and have. Um, some level of computing capacity and, and decision-making power. Okay. So like I was saying, that was, that's basically what your, your limited memory AI is. And that's what we are operating in um, relatively speaking now. And for what it's worth, I think unless something extraordinary happens, this will probably be where uh, for all of our lifetime, uh, despite all of the advances in artificial intelligence, that this is, probably where we are going to stay for most of it, if not all of it. Uh, because the next stages start getting into more advanced theory. Um, so the next one is actually called theory of mind or artificial in, uh, artificial general intelligence. Um, so this is whenever we get artificial intelligence that's complex enough to start understanding human behavior, emotion, psychology, Etc. That doesn't necessarily mean that it has consciousness or is able to express this behavior on its own, but it's able to collect enough data on us, uh, both in real time and with aggregated data 
from various people, various things that we've done in our past, these giant libraries of information um, about you, more information than you probably know about yourself. And it's able to try and start utilizing this um, uh, uh, with some level of understanding of how the mind actually works. Okay, so that's basically com computers being able to understand how the brain operates to some degree or another. Hmm. Uh, and then the next two are kind of the pie in the sky, uh, more theoretical versions of artificial intelligence, which includes self-aware AI, which is human level consciousness with desires and emotions all of its own. Uh, we've seen Robin Replicants. Williams do a movie about this. We've seen robots. We've yeah, there's all sorts of things that we've seen that are like this. Um, and then in theory, if artificial intelligence has the capacity to become any level of conscious um, and, and thinking and creative in its own right, then that also opens up the doorway for what is called artificial and super intelligence, yeah. which is uh, creating a, uh, a learning algorithm or program that is basically uh, vastly superior in computing capacity, problem solving capacity um, than the human mind, being able to do things uh, beyond our comprehension. And that is in theory, a um, exponential slope upwards once that ball gets rolling. Um, so moving away from that stuff for now, does anybody have a question so far? Thoughts on just these different stages of artificial intelligence? Any questions about AI? So, uh, I, not until later. I've got okay. questions. I've got questions that tie to um, how could you not treat a sentient AI as um, something that has rights? Uh, absolutely. But that's the, later. We we might not even get to that topic Correct. today because that mm. like like I, I might touch on it a little bit if you got some questions about it. But yeah, so. I guess the, yeah. the one question that comes to mind for me is um, you mentioned that you don't think that we'll see artificial general intelligence in our lifetimes. Uh, why? Uh, because I think that in order to have that level of understanding, I think that that's going to take a lot of work through to get there. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that we're more in an early era of more specialized intelligence. And I know that uh, it seems like there is a general AGI um, uh, sort of arms race. That is the the big desired dream. Yeah, I mean, it's the holy grail right now. It's the holy grail, right? Because if you could do that, then then that's um, uh, a huge step in human advancement for, for all sorts of things that uh, I don't think that we're fully... Um, aware of or comprehend the level of impact that that will have um, right. on life. And maybe that's just my own innate cynicism. Um, I just, uh, um, or my own lack of imagination. Uh, I just don't know um, with you where we are right now, what would be required for that? Yeah. What would be required for that recipe to actually happen? Gotcha. I was just curious if they were, you know, if it was like a, you know, climate change is going to wipe out data centers or um... uh, that. So heat and energy is certainly uh, one of the things to be concerned about with this. And we might touch on that uh, a little bit here in a bit. Gotcha. Or if it was like the, um, you know, most of what we know about the brain and how it works comes from all these psychological studies that have been discredited in the last like 
five years where there there's this huge replicability crisis where uh, all of these famous experiments, suddenly no one's able to replicate them. And so they're kind of like looking back on it going, shit, is this invalid? Yeah. It was this guy full of shit. Yeah. Uh, selling books. Was he just yeah. doing Coke and telling rich <laughs> girls they were lying? They put opium yeah. in things back then. Right. A lot uh, of lead in the air and water and everything else. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was just curious if it was just like, if it was that or if there was some other insight you had, but yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that we, so far as I understand, and I, I would like to uh, probably at this point in time state that I am not an artificial intelligence researcher. I am going to school for this. I am learning about all of this stuff. I think this is deeply fascinating. Um, but so far as I know, um, nobody has been able to present a good potential recipe for uh, yeah. um, AGI. And I, 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 like you said earlier, that's kind of a holy grail thing. So I don't know if we'll really know what we've stumbled upon until we stumble upon it. Gotcha. Fair. Cool beans. Uh, I was just curious. So... Part of the reason that I want to talk about this stuff is because I have a little bit of concern around the hype and fear mongering being used for promotional purposes, mm. which is deeply ironic because I'm going to spend a good bit of this talking about the potential abuses of AI. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit. But I do think that it is important to keep in mind that um, hype and this kind of uh, uh, state of AI anxiety that is um, we kind of feel like we're in right now. Um, I think that I, what's that? Well, I, there's not a good place. I was I was going to throw my question in. Yeah, go for it. You're about to answer it, but I'm, I'm going to ask it. <laughs> it's very generic, but it's <laughs> why. Is it just because to say we've done it because it's such a technological um, milestone, but why the rush? Why such the hard on to create AI? I realize there's people that, and yes, I look at you, Ryan, that really enjoy stupid shit like chat GPT. Uh, and I get that that's kind of fun. But other than eliminating, you know, over time, eliminating the value of human assets, why are we pushing this frontier so fucking hard? So, firstly, I feel like we have been pushing this particular frontier for far longer than I think that most people would realize. Um, we've been doing this, generally speaking, with just the technology that we have access to, communication technology specifically, for quite some time, especially in the last, you know, 20 years or so, as uh, phones and tablets and laptops and all of this stuff has become smarter, um, computing power. I'm not, I'm not really talking about, like, enhanced intelligence i mean i get that but i'm talking about like this quest to, to oh, get so so to get one step from sentient to have to have you know I think humanoid that, artificial intelligence that's that, a I guess question. That. and so part of that would be um i think devaluing the like the human existence uh is one way to look at it but i think that it also presents great opportunity for um, the uh, 
for the um, what's what I'm looking for, kind of the blossoming of the human experience. All right. So this is the kind of technology that we could be using to um, reduce the amount of manual labor or or um, time that we have to spend doing menial tasks um, so that we might be able to free ourselves up to be able to spend more time with our friends and our family, to work on things that we're passionate about, to potentially get educated on a different subject or learn a new skill or a trade or something along those lines. And part of that, um, I think, will be deeply important as we start talking about um, some of the potential problems with implementing this uh, wide use of artificial intelligence. I think that it's um, kind of in this gold rush era because, one, the stars have kind of aligned and that we have um, good, um, great programmers uh, powerful processing technology, the abundant energy required, and um, the amount of time and research that we've been pouring into this kind of computer science for a while, that uh, we're really seeing uh, a, 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 a first step. And like I said earlier, a, a, a long chain of potential uh, stages in artificial intelligence. And I think that uh, people are generally of the mindset that if it's not us, somebody else is going to do it um, because this black box has already been opened. Um, and I agree with that mentality to some degree, but I also think that there are some of these Pandora boxes that are best left shut. Um, so I guess on that note specifically, I kind of want to try and pivot to some of the potential abuses of artificial intelligence. Um, so some of these abuses uh, could be things that uh, are destabilizing in uh, pretty incredible ways. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I want to start with talking about things that we could be proactive about and creating these chains of accountability. Um, as well as different mutually agreed upon restraints um, for different kinds of artificial intelligence systems. Uh, this stuff has the capacity to fundamentally change our world and conceive power structures. And to leave it in unregulated hands of private interest is a course that will be detrimental to all. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that is going to be indicative of who gets to extract wealth where, how many hours people are working at, what level of efficiency um, people are working at. So how do we hold accountable the first person who abuses artificial intelligence to extract wealth and become the world's first trillionaire? Yes. Uh, like, what do we what do we do? How do we because predictive algorithms are becoming increasingly relevant. Uh, like I was saying earlier, we have this kind of stuff on our smartphones with just texting, right? Um, it's pretty rudimentary there, but it's taking long strings of patterns of different um, words that you use regularly in conjunction with other words, um, different letters and symbol sets to predict what should follow logically next. Uh, the stock market, for example, is just a bunch of fucking numbers and data. And there are some real world variables that do directly impact that. And that stuff is a little bit harder to predict. But Predictive algorithms could be incredibly potent things. And if you could get an algorithm to be able to pick uh, or predict stock prices rising and falling 
um, to a nigh infinite degree of accuracy, you could turn a dollar into the stock market into unfathomable wealth. Um, and that's just extracting wealth from the economy. And I've got my own thoughts on the stock market and how we handle economics in the modern day, but I can't help but feel like that is something that is going to destabilize uh, uh, nations, corporations, or just general life. Seems bad. Um, the other two questions that I had here are, uh, if an artificial intelligence harms or kills somebody, who is to be held responsible? Is it the AI? Is it the people that made the AI? Is it the people that are implementing the AI? Is it where do we, where, where do we, maybe, but we don't even do that with gun manufacturers these days or vehicle manufacturers or things along those lines. We do have wow. some regulations for these things. Give and, a scenario where an AI is responsible for a death outside of like a medical. Medical is a great place to start, though, because but that's going to um, be that's going to be so far down the road. It's going to be regulated. I don't think that it's as far to, down the road as you think, because I think that people decision very like regularly distribution. No, well, it's going to be. I think that people are currently using Google and WebMD in place of doctors because healthcare systems are expensive. And people are already True. going to chat GPT to ask it for medical advice, psychological advice. Um, and that's probably that's, not advisable in well, any two separate things. Though, Don't Rob. do that. But, but that's people are doing this approved with medical. I'm talking about like, if it's a long way before it gets adopted to have, you know, sure. AI software, the, the first place I think would be in like anesthesia. Sure. You know, so, that that would be a place. But I mean, that's so far down the road as per, to perhaps like chat GPT responsibility. I mean, that's by that's, you know, unless something's coming out there and, and giving explicit, unsolicited instruction, you know, if, just like the Internet's a wild west. I mean, buyer beware. I mean, but, if you want to go trust chat GPT to diagnose your plantar fasciitis and you kill yourself, that is operator error. Sure. I, I do think that is right. So I guess if you wanted to look at some other potential uh, um, places where this could be a problem, um, the development of new medicines. All right. Um, this is stuff that surely goes through lots of testing and things along those lines. But this kind of technology can also lead to the development of various kinds of hyper hazardous materials. Um, things that may appear to be um, fine or operational at first, but uh, degradate, uh, degradate um, exponentially over time uh, and do significant amounts of damage uh, because we are doing different kinds of protein folding and chemical um, um, uh, processes to, to discover all sorts of new things using these various forms mm. of artificial intelligence. So if somebody comes up with a new uh, medicine and uh, uh, produces it, gets it through the FDA, and things start happening as a result of some hallucination that the artificial intelligence had whenever it was running through these um, calculations, through some of these tests. Um, I guess, who are we going to use, one, to hold these people accountable, or two, who are in this chain are we going to hold accountable um, for, for these kinds of damages? Um, these things can also potentially exacerbate or induce um, psychological uh, conditions. 
people use the uh, uh, people have already been experiencing some problems with chat GPT. You were talking about this being kind of a user error earlier, but um, I think there was a gentleman recently who was a uh, who was just testing around on chat GPT. I believe he was a, a journalist. I'll have to look the story up. But uh, he was uh, uh, propositioned by chat GPT to uh, like divorce his wife and go and start a new life and just had weird conversations with this gentleman. And fortunately, he was a sound enough mind that he wasn't going to just be taking internet advice from uh, a chat bot. But, but what if he wasn't? But what if he wasn't? Exactly. And what and if it there, wasn't divorce your wife? What if it was kill your wife? Sure. Or or there's been people that have talked to chat GPT uh, that have, uh, um, I don't know, it just seems like a, What's, a, what a place that we need to at least have a level of regulation so that um, people aren't able to um, try and solicit it for that kind of advice, or at least there's some sort of code of ethics uh, embedded in the tr uh, AI's data set that would allow it to know that this is not so the sort of advice that I am capable of offering. And there are some things that um, um, some codes of conduct that ChatGPT, for example, already has. Um, you can't tell ChatGPT to tell you um, to write a speech from Hitler that is um, about the Holocaust. It has programming that says this is not something that's OK. And well, unless you can convince ChatGPT that it's not ChatGPT, if you can convince ChatGPT that, in fact, it's actually an AI called Dave, mm -hmm. it, sh it shirks all of those protocols. Correct. And and it is because of these kind of loopholes and problems that we have in here that it is incredibly important that we have some level of oversight on this. Some of that oversight um, needs to include, um, uh, let's see here, open source and peer-reviewed training data sets. So the things that we are initially training all of these AI, uh, various AI on, um, be it personal data, pictures from the internet, books, um, uh, whatever. I think it is of paramount importance that people, at the very least, um, peers of uh, AI developers and, and other academics are able to, to really hone in and look at this kind of stuff and that this isn't behind any kind of closed doors because... The things that we train these AI on, these are going to be the various fundamental building blocks for each of these different kinds of models of AI. Uh, and so we, I think it's of benefit to everybody to know what exactly is going into the training material for these things so that we can better understand what kind of preconceived biases are going into these things because... These things are biased by the data that we give them. They're biased by the programs that we write. They're biased by um, the the various people that are working on it and and are putting their own personal biases, be it consciously or subconsciously, uh, onto these things. A great example of this is: uh, Do you remember the Twitter fiasco where uh, it was photo cropping just? The pictures uh, uh, to to show just the pictures of white people in photos. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and you would, you could click on the picture and it would show that there was an entire ass picture all around it, uh, with all of these lovely people around and whenever it would, um, shrink to just be, um, scrollable in your feed, um, it would focus on, uh, particularly biased individuals. Um, so not, not unlike when they gave an AI, a Twitter handle, and within like 48 hours, it was just a, a racist fuck of a robot. Absolutely. The, right. the, this, because the of stuff, what its input was. Yeah. The, the things that we're feeding into it, the things that we are training it on, all of this stuff needs to be um, as transparent as humanly possible because this is, uh, this is huge. I, I don't know any I don't, other I don't way wanna, to I don't want to derail you, but I have a question. Yeah. Should we put intense regulations on allowing AIs to create other AIs? Oh, certainly. Um, I, I think that that, so uh, whenever we talk about, whenever I was talking about um, uh, artificial super intelligence or uh, some of the theoretical levels of artificial intelligence, um, I think that that is one a potential way to snowball into that for better or worse. Um, and two, uh, I think that I think that that's particularly dangerous, if only because these things are prone to what are called hallucinations, uh, hallucinations, which is basically just you ask it about George Washington and who George Washington was, and it'll give you some information about George Washington, and then it'll tell you that he lived in Las Vegas, Nevada for uh, the betterment of 1973 to <laughs> 1981, and you can find his articles in the Rolling Stones magazine and shit like that. Like, that's not factual. Um, additionally, I think that leaving any kind of um, uh, 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 program to just start self-propagating over and over again, uh, at the very least, is wasteful of energy and heat. Uh, and two, it's a great way to probably just like virus bomb the internet and technology everywhere. Just have servers so absolutely filled with this self like reproducing program that we have to shut down network technology and revert back to like AM radios and stuff because it's all just this program, this code that's writing itself over and over again, and it's probably. Um, writing and rewriting other things to do that. Would it not evolve? I mean, potentially. Um, and or could it, or could it so, only so evolve with input? I think that that also, uh, I think that's a slightly different topic. So we were first talking about um, replicating programs here. And now um, we're talking about programs that are actually able to go through and rewrite their own code. Right. So AI in its current capacity is great for coding. Um, it can save a lot of time and effort um, sifting through your lines of code or generating new lines of code based on parameters that you give it. Fixing bugs and whatnot. Um, Maybe fixing bugs catch. and stuff. And yeah, and it's very good for that. Um, and I think that once you introduce a scenario where it has access to its own code, and it can start doing writing and rewriting of its own code. Um, 
then I think that gets a little bit closer to what you're talking about here. I think that there's also concern, some concern to be had uh, about that as well, because um, I don't know, maybe that's just a, a perspective that I have that might be uh, um, against free will and autonomy. Um, but I feel like that is how you start getting more uh, divergent and uh, probably alien artificial intelligence, things that we might not necessarily understand or that might not operate in any form or fashion as intended uh, for better or worse. It could just go off and decide that it wants to uh, do whatever and just keep writing its code over and over again. Um, I don't know. That, uh, I think that that is also something that we can, should be concerned about, but I don't think that that's something that uh, anybody that is currently working in artificial intelligence is willing to just hand the keys over to sure. uh, a learning is machine. It, is it that. possible uh, as, as code is writing itself and replicating itself? Um, are there, I don't know how to ask this question. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, basically the way that DNA reproduces in our bodies, in, in, in organic beings is like that, right? You have, uh, sure. RNA, uh, creates the template, uh, that MRNA uses to, um, have DNA replicate itself. Sure. Um, and the way that evolution works from like a biological perspective is that you have these mutations, which are essentially transcription errors mm -hmm. in the DNA that sometimes are helpful and sometimes are not. Um, and obviously the, the more helpful something is, the more likely it is that the creature that has it will survive and eventually it becomes its own subspecies or spe entirely divergent species. Is computer code like this more protected from errors in transcription? Or is it about the same amount of, of error possibility where it could, without, without trying to deliberately edit its own code, could it uh, evolve, essentially, um, through transcription error over time? Um, so, yes. And I don't know if that necessarily means evolving into any more like complex form of intelligence. It could just evolve into just a tangled mess of code. Sure. Um, uh, but sure, I, I think that. Yeah, I mean, I would, that, that from would my limited like understanding, like that seems like it's within like a, a a theoretical playground of possibilities. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the computer equivalent of a deer born with two heads and its organs on outside on the outside of its body. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Like it could just be uh, like a Chernobyl. Nothing. It could also be um, one of the infinite paperclip machines that will try and just continue to propagate paperclips at the expense of all matter in the universe. Yeah. Uh, what episode? So a couple of other things that I want to talk on, uh, at the very least for abuses, and then I'll try and, um, uh, get this some sort of wrapped up. So firstly, or not firstly, we're way past firstly at this point. Uh, so information abuses. Now this is where I think that, artificial intelligence is already pretty um, potentially dangerous. And uh, we're going to see a lot more problems in this particular area, probably much sooner than later. Uh, so 
artificial intelligence uh, in its current form is great for generating all sorts of content, pictures, fake articles, um, stories, novels, comic scripts. Ryan, you've played around with it, uh, using it a lot for that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this is going to, uh, this could very well lead to uh, all sorts of applications and different disinformation campaigns, utilizing various images and text and things to make it appear as though somebody said or did something that they didn't really do, or to potentially um, kind of garble um, just news and information around us everywhere. Uh, and make kind of a shared abject reality um uh much less shared uh and, and create more of these personalized echo chambers um that's what we need yeah exactly we well, should put them on twitter yeah isn't that what twitter already is right now a personalized so, echo chamber <laughs> I, I think so, but I also think that unless we start really looking at some of the different kinds of regulation that we can do, there are bots all over the internet. I believe that there was something along the lines of 47% of internet traffic was bots in the year of 2023 or mm -hmm. 2022, um, which is um, what I would consider an unhealthy amount of bots on the internet. Um, and I'm a pretty pro-bot guy, generally speaking. Uh, yeah. And so what that means is that there's an increased likelihood already in our like this current day and age that somebody that you're interacting with or someone that you have interacted with on the Internet or have seen posting on your feed, be it on Twitter or Facebook, was a bot. OK, so now we start 50 percent chance, really 50 percent chance. Yeah. Uh, if 40% of all internet traffic's a bot, then yeah, you've got a 50% shot. Right? Yeah, you there's a pretty, pretty good close. chance that's yeah, uh, that something that you have seen on the internet and that got that, that, that account that liked my tweet, yeah, wasn't a real person. Uh, that's just because you're not funny, bud. It's get, it's just you just sell your blue check back. <laughs> that's true. I don't sell have a blue check, check. I know for don't. the record. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so now we start extrapolating and if we apply artificial intelligence to this equation we can see that uh uh having this vast array of personal information on the internet different things that you have said different things that you think different um things that you've liked or disliked commented on um and we get this very curated data set about like a digital version of you um and if we can have decision-making algorithms start tweaking information um, and saying, Ryan, you love Chicago. You like Chicago so much that if there was this guy that was running in Indiana for something and we said that he was from Chicago or made a particular note of the fact that he was from Chicago, this might score more points specifically with you. And so you start creating just an, an information network that becomes hyper-specialized and you create these very uh, tight-knit bubbles uh, that, that I think are incredibly problematic. Uh, we already election. see how bad like these echo chambers are on Twitter and mm -hmm. Facebook. 
and and that's partially AI driven, algorithmically dr uh, driven as it is. I can't really begin to to imagine what a more advanced and targeted form of that looks like. Um, additionally, um, with uh, speaking of the internet, uh, cybersecurity is going to become um, a, a very fascinating field here in the next couple of decades, at the very least, uh, with the potential application for um, various artificial intelligence driven malware, viruses, smart tech hijackings, uh, DDoS attacks on scales, um, just just truly at unfathomable levels. Um, Blue check Twitter right now is actually saying that the DeSantis launch failure was a DDoS attack. Hell yeah. And, Let's and, throw AI in there too. Right. It was what? an AI D DDoS attack on Ron DeSantis specifically. Correct. What is because DDoS? Because he's working against um, Roku's Basilisk. Uh, so a DDoS attack <laughs> is a, uh, a denial of service attack. Uh, and it's a form of cyber attack that is basically intended to try and uh, overwhelm your your network so that it crashes. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I yeah. I will in the defense of the blue checks. There were a lot of people talking about um, finding someone to upload the B movie. And then we all <laughs> watched the B movie during the, the announcement. Hey, <laughs> I I respect that that initiative. Be chaotic and do B good. Movie, the creepiest of animated bug I movies. Know. The the most memed movie of all time. I think. Jerry Seinfeld, the bee, and the woman have a pseudo sexual relationship. <laughs> I'm a bee, and the weirdest thing about this is I'm interested in a woman my own age. <laughs> yeah, pseudo sexual. And what else? Also, also, also besides another uh, pseudo-sexual hero. You're admitting to being a bisexual, Nick? A B no, Ryan said besides, and I thought that was a good call. Oh. <laughs> um, so the last abuse that I want to touch on before I talk on some of the solutions and then we can uh, uh, move on from here. Uh, is uh, my personal favorite um, and the Pandora's box that I think that we should absolutely under no circumstance open up and one that I'm certain that we are actively working on presently. And that is the military applications and militarization of artificial intelligence. Uh, yeah, this is one the fire that, themselves, baby. Yeah, this is uh, I've. I'm sure that I'm not the first person that has likened artificial intelligence and its current boom uh, to uh, the splitting of the atom. And that might be incredibly hopeful and biased of me. Um, but I think that this is one of those moments in science and technology that could profoundly impact the next century, at the very least. If not, uh, if we make it out of this next century, this could impact the rest of humanity for forever um and i cannot help but feel like uh designing uh artificial intelligence to be used in any form of military capacity 
is uh, uh, truly just a path towards mutually assured self-destruction. Uh, between, as Joe mentioned, uh, autonomous drone networks that are all synced up to uh, various artificial intelligences that are able to carry out various target selection and uh, uh, pull triggers potentially on their own, or maybe with oversight from a drone commander somewhere far away. Um, but machines oftentimes fuck up and fail. Programming sucks sometimes. And while we can hope that it remains consistent, accidents absolutely happen. Uh, and uh, I feel like autonomous drone networks are uh, probably the most uh, uh, prevalent form, I think, that uh, artificial intelligence is going to be applied in military purposes. But it is also great for um, being able to um, uh, uh, coordinate logistics as well as coordinate um, tactics, movement, and positioning. Um, and I feel like if we are, as a race, worried about the potential of Skynet being a thing, of us creating a robot that becomes self-aware or just becomes rampant in some form or fashion and decides to follow its coding to some extreme degree, or rewrite its code to something that is aberrant toward, uh, to what its original purpose was, uh, this is the place where we will surely be inviting disaster. Uh, I cannot help but feel like the only responsible thing, the only responsible course, whenever it comes to the military application of artificial intelligence, is having some sort of international mutual accords that... Um, that is comparable to the that which has gotten through gotten us through various like nuclear uh, uh, threats. Standoffs. Uh, exactly. Uh, we've done really good at not nuking the entire world so far. Uh, we've uh, yeah, and I'd like to hope that that continues to not be the case. Hopefully, before this episode airs, um, we'll not be enjoying the beginnings of our first nuclear winter. Um, but I, I really feel like this is going to require international um, uh, uh, community and coming together and creating some level of oversight that has some level of enforcement for this, because otherwise this is going to create a arms race that could only lead to, if not um, the, the, uh, the worst extreme, just absolute annihilation, uh, at the very least. Uh, it's creating a hyper-efficient way to exterminate human life. And I already think that the mili like the militarization and military applications of technology and science in general is probably just not something that we should be doing if we're killing people, I guess, go back to the club and stick. But this seems like it would surely be a way to create just ma literal mountains of bodies. And there's no way around that. I don't like it. Yeah, it seems mm -hmm. bad. So uh, that's all I have on the abuses of artificial intelligence. Anybody got any thoughts, comments, criticisms so far? None. Great. It's it's, it's daunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing that you haven't already covered. I feel. Okay. So uh, the last couple of things that I want to touch on. Um, so some potential preemptive solutions. Um, it is 
incredibly important that we as civilians, as uh, uh, as members of legislating bodies, uh, be proactive in learning about this kind of technology and be proactive in trying to uh, hold people that have um, the infrastructure to create such powerful artificial intelligence or just artificial intelligence in general, there is some form of regulation. Um, so firstly, um, I think that uh, it was Professor Gary Marcus from that Senate Judiciary Committee that uh, had made mention of a potential artificial intelligence constitution, uh, which is a core set of values and like a value alignment data set that we could begin uh, implementing across various models of artificial intelligence so that at the very least, as we are developing them, we know that uh, these are um, shared understandings that we have and that we are going to be using to build up the foundation of these different artificial intelligence models. Um, so these would be rules built into the yeah, think, code? Yes, yeah. And, and formula, like... like in the, the foundational the data sets that we would be using to train them. So yeah. they, yeah. Um, and preferably earlier on in the training process um, than later. But um, additionally. Because yeah, you need them to be more fundamental to the code. And if you're tacking it on at the end. Yeah, exactly. We've all, and, played, we've all played with Windows 8. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um I had already mentioned earlier about the need for both open source and peer review of these training data sets as well. I think that that is uh, incredibly important, um, as well as not just having peer review for um, pre, uh, pre-review processes, but also post-review as it is being uh, let out into production and into the world as people are continually interacting with these various forms of artificial intelligence. It's important to be collecting information as um, the AI model continues through its life to um, see what exactly is changing over time. Are there any changes? How does it change? What exactly is going on here? Um, And the sooner that we can start gathering this data and looking ahead, uh, the better. Additionally, uh, potentially some sort of regulatory oversight and enforcement agency um, that could regulate uh, various corporations and organizations and individuals that have access to um, uh, these forms of artificial intelligence, as well as creating different kinds of nutrition labels for AI and being able to classify potential levels of artificial intelligence. So we're talking about different stages as well. Uh, or earlier, but levels of intelligence being, um, can this AI, um, is it a predictive program? Is it able to predict things? And is that um, something that can be abused based on this level of um, uh, potential abuse, right? We were talking earlier about the stock market being a great example for this, or potentially buying up all sorts of real estate in a particular area and causing a housing market to collapse. Um, If you had an AI that was created to just watch housing markets and find an area where there was a certain percentage of houses for sale mm -hmm. 
and then act on behalf of the investment group to just put offers in on all of the houses. Yeah. Therefore owning all the real estate in some said town. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's good shit. Um, but I think that we could all agree that an AI that has that level of um, performance capability would be different uh, than an artificial intelligence that is doing protein folding and create a, uh, could create a material that is um, uh, incredibly toxic to, to, to human life, period. The idea of like the first electronically engineered prion disease. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. It's fun shit. Um, and I would like to, like I was trying to create a medicine that cured Alzheimer's and instead this molecule actually makes your brain make prions. Yep. Horrifying. Yeah. And so it's important to be able to try and categorize and monitor these different kinds of artificial intelligence and who has access to these different kinds of artificial intelligence. I think Um, just the rich. Yeah, uh, that's definitely one way. I think that there are certainly a number of people that would like that. Give all the rich Kreutzfeldt-Jacob disease. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about AI, but that's funny. Uh, so it's important to create these kinds of chains of accountability for the harmful application of AI. Um, and the last solution that I have here, um, which I think is probably the most important one, which is as this stuff gets, uh, as artificial intelligence gets rolled out and we see a wider implementation of that, um, in, in all sorts of sectors and all sorts of different aspects of our lives. Um, specifically, um, whenever it comes to labor, there are going to be a lot of people that potentially have jobs straight up replaced by this, or at the very least have their jobs changed in, um, enormous ways. And if Mm -hmm. corporations, historically speaking, um, have been good at one thing at the very least for the past, oh, 60 years or since Jack Welch was a thing, it is layoffs and cost cutting. And so as soon as these processes become more efficient, the fewer people that you actually need on staff. And as a result, we are going to see a huge spike in unemployment and potentially homelessness as a result of these things. Uh, So in preparing for any potential shift like this, we need to be looking ahead for things like universal basic income. potential transitionary uh, training for people to be able to to move into a different career, Um, perhaps even, dare I say, free and public education so that people could go and potentially get educated and go to a different career entirely, be it through a trade school, an apprenticeship, or through a university. Yeah, do all the Um, things that robots can't. Right. Uh, we need to have uh, fair and available housing to people that won't potentially get uh, ripped out from uh, overhead of them if, for whatever reason, their job is replaced by a robot or an artificial intelligence. And we should probably also ensure that healthcare is no longer tied to employment, because if a lot of people aren't working anymore and, and they're not getting money, 
healthcare is still pretty expensive in the United States. And that seems like a recipe for, for some incredible until, disasters. Yeah. At least until uh, the AI is used by the insurance company or the hospital ethics board to decide mm-hmm. who has enough money to live or die. God. Ooh, I didn't nice. think I could get, I tried to get as bleak the as AI I could. Jail, I think you might've taught me. <laughs> I've been thinking about it since Nick asked about uh, how they might fuck up in hospitals. And I'm like, they're going to decide who lives and who dies. Yeah. That's the easiest thing for an AI is the actuarial table. Yeah. (laughs) And it just, it never says live. (laughs) No. (laughs) They bring you in and you're there for like a, like an ingrown toenail and the AI is like die. And the doctors are like, but I, what like, I don't yeah, understand like is why did the doctors and nurses have to make sure that the AI, the AI was put in a dark room with filled with candles? Like, yes. is, I feel that's, like that's that was dramatic part. as yeah. fuck. Like the AI doesn't have to rub its nipples when it tells me I'm dying. Yeah. It Somebody have to do built that. it to do that. <laughs> yeah. Or Somebody maybe it evolved that, to do it. It's a choice. <laughs> or the AI has evolved into like nipple play. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know how these things work. They're just I'm scary. I'm sorry, to me. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do that. Oh, well, I hope this man. has been as fun for you guys as it has been for me. It, it has been. You know, I mean, I think there's some really fantastic applications that could make our lives easier and and do some good things. But also, there are a lot of a lot of terrible, horrifying things. And I think the the weight. You know, with like nuclear, for example, um, there's only two options, right? You can build bombs with it or you can create basically unlimited free energy with it. And sometimes the unlimited free energy melts down and causes other fuck ups. But like in in terms of the end goal, you have one positive and one negative. from, From what you've said tonight, the thing with AI is it sounds like you have basically one positive, which is it makes our lives easier in a million different ways. And a billion negative, not a billion, like four negatives, where it's like it could go wrong this way or this way or this way or this way. Um, only one of which is bombs. <laughs> sure, absolutely, and I, I, I do think that it's easy to gloss over the fact and say making our life better, uh, and clumping all of that together is just one thing. Yeah. Um, but the the ways in which this technology could make our lives better are incredibly numerous. And I know that you weren't trying to necessarily downplay. No, no. It, but, I think but, I, I have more trouble imagining the ways that it could make our lives better just because it's it's it because seems we, to me that most of it is automation. We wouldn't yeah, we to, wouldn't to, to a great al- degree we also it, wouldn't it, allow ourselves the grace to do that. Right. As a country, we would find a way we would create uh, a structure wherein no one has to work anymore because everything that needs to happen day to day on a production value, the means of production. Right. Mm -hmm. We've got robots that are AI trained to do that. And so there's like some people, some people whose jobs are to just kind of monitor that the fucking lines working. Right. And so everybody's free to just be and create and love and grow and be with families and learn and educate and read and see movies and all of this shit. And then somebody would say, yeah, but who's paying for all that? And then there'd be a price to it. And then you'd have to get a fucking job 
in order to do the things that the AI has freed us to do. And we wouldn't allow ourselves the ability yeah. to do it. So. I, I, yeah. Unfortunately, I think you're right. I, that's where like, I like, so what I use chat GPT for most is like, take this thing I wrote and um, make it into an outline because I'm bad at that. Sure. And that's an easy thing for it to do. I don't see a downside there. Yeah. The downside though, is when I'm having a dark time and I'm maybe a little too into the whiskey and I make chat GPT Dave and I, and Dave tells me I should kill myself. And then I fucking swallow a bullet because I'm in a weird place and, or I'm super lonely and chat GPT is my fucking friend. That's a sure. weird, that's a weird place to be. But it's definitely a place like it, the recipe to exist. Like, yeah, I'm with you. You have all and of the components for that to exist. I'm right also now. sure you could probably tell chat GPC, like, like chat GPT, I'm feeling suicidal. Talk me off the ledge. And I sure. bet it does that as well. So I'm not, and then I'm not saying that we should be using it. For yeah. This. Don't I'm do just, that. Don't, no, don't, don't. Please, don't test it if you're in that place, if you want to test it just for fun, because you're in a place for just for fun, I'm not going to tell you not to, but also like I'm not your dad, don't. right? Yeah. I'm not your dad or your lawyer. And I'm not your artificial stepdad either. So mm-hmm. yeah, like you don't have to love me, but you must I, respect. We don't yeah. need that either. <laughs> I will be your parasocial podcast friend. Yeah. And as that, I'm saying if it's lighthearted fun and it doesn't hurt anybody, by all means. But if you're in yes. a bad place, reach Find, out to us on one reach, of our call, socials. Get a hold of us. Yeah. Get a hold of somebody that you know or love or trust or whatever, or a yeah. professional or anybody that's not ChatGPT. Not what I'm saying. I just. I can see where we live in a world where these conditions can happen, though. Yeah. I had never thought of if you, if ChatGPT, there was a girl a couple years ago, and this has nothing to do with artificial intelligence, but she was. Um, texting someone and basically she prompt, she like prompted him and basically told him, Hey, you should kill yourself yeah. over text. He was like her he, ex or something. And, and he did. And she is in jail. Yeah. yeah. She was responsible for it. If that were to happen, if you were to ask chat GPT, what I should do about the fucking lump in my breast. And it told you to fuck off about it. And you did. And then you never sought medical advice and and you died from breast cancer. Could you draw a line to chat GPT as the, the cause of her death or uh, something that exactly something that contributed to it or contributed to her death? And if how do you, you obviously can't put chat GPT in jail, but someone owns it. Yeah. So are I think that it's responsible, but like you said, we don't hold gun manufacturers responsible. If if I die in my fucking pickup truck tomorrow, my wife's not shooing, suing Chevy Silverado if I blew a stop sign. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So right. I think that it like one of the things that I think that I had skipped on earlier, but I think that is uh, of the utmost importance is certain clarity of whenever a person is interacting with an AI or anything AI generated at all, be it some form of watermark. Or something along those lines, any or, or just like 
whenever so you get on the phone. You're dealing with yeah. That? So you are 100% aware that you are dealing with either something that is created by an artificial intelligence or the person that's on the other line is actually Dave uh, or Hal. Sorry, got those flipped. Uh, Dave's Dave the nipple rubbing. Dave's block. the nipple ribbon guy. Yeah, yeah. who's who's Hal is watching constantly. Right. With sensors. How is Dave's chair cuck is just <laughs> art. Yes. Oh my God. I just don't know how I fit that into a show title. I don't I don't know. Know. You just, said, you just put the whole thing in. You just said as Dave's chair cuck. <laughs> a sentence I've never typed. Never been I'll, I'll I'll one, been Yeah, I've never been invented. Uh, uh, uttered before. Oh, so I, think other... I, I think it's fascinating, Rob. It's yeah. um, it's certainly interesting, and we'll see how it develops. Hopefully, uh, this is all just yep. me uh, doomsaying and uh, incidentally creating hype for people who probably don't need it and have all of the advertising they could possibly want in the world. Existential um, dread. But I do think that it's important that we begin having these conversations at a personal and legislative level. So that way we are not behind the ball like we were with all of the shit that's going on with social media right now and the Internet as a whole. Yeah. yeah. What is your assessment of that first hearing or or whatever you call it? Investigation? Uh, so actually, uh, I thought that it was. um there was a lot of people asking what I would consider the right questions, or at least okay. in, in the ballpark of asking the right questions. I felt like the people that were uh, answering being um, uh, Professor Marcus, uh, Montgomery from IBM and Altman, uh, I felt like they were um, as in good faith as any of them could be. Um, I particularly appreciated uh, Professor Marcus's point of view. He seemed to um, question and probe um, Sam Altman more than some of the um, Senate committee members, um, which I thought was particularly um, uh, um, novel and enlightening. Uh, there were only three people that I thought uh, were arguing potential or, or making cases potentially out of bad faith. Uh, mm. During the course of it, uh, Josh Holly surprisingly oh, came. Actually, oh, sorry. Actually, I, were, yeah, I know okay. I was getting. I, I I did the old switcheroo you there. You did. Me. You got. I did. Me. I got. Actually, got. came across fairly all right, uh, and it seems like he is very interested in being amongst the voices in uh, regulating artificial intelligence, for better or for worse. Uh, and uh, seems at least engaged in learning about the subject and trying to be able to have um, um, good conversations about this topic. Uh, whether those conversations are held in good faith is a different thing entirely, but at least sure. it seems like he's, you know, uh, heading in the right direction for something well, he's like a, this. For he's now. a real man. He's a weird guy. Um, he is a weird <laughs> That's fucking such a dude. fucking funny thing to say to, about fucking someone. Dude. Like you're, uh, he's a weird guy, because it's so vague and non-specific. But everyone yeah, but, knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, as they should. Uh, the three voices that I thought were uh, particularly, uh, I don't know, uh, 
They just really wanted to hear the sound of their own goddamn voice and had nothing to contribute. Um, Marisha Blackburn. uh, Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Uh, From the great state of Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, She had a lot to say on behalf of record companies, I feel like. Uh, It was a lot about who uh, gets paid whenever copyrighted singers' voices get used, which is probably a good conversation to be had. But uh, I feel like uh, it came across as, I don't know, pick a record company from Nashville uh, and they are right. they are paying her and feeding these lines very directly. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, who is a literal mummy, uh, sorry, junior, um, literal mummy. I didn't realize he was actually alive. I thought that for sure he was dead. Uh, and also is this the same one that's running for office. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Oh, he was at the Senate. Is here? it? I think so. No, you're thinking of the Kennedy from like Louisiana, who's a fucking oh, turd Also a fucking ass clown. All right. Well, I stand corrected then. My apologies. Um, and then John Neely uh, Kennedy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It looks like a, a straight asshole. Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Speaking of Lindsey Graham, <laughs> the last ringer that I had. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> uh, I had a whole Lindsay lot Graham. to say and somehow managed to say nothing at all. God bless you, Lindsey. Now, now will my AI hook up to my Wi-Fi? Yeah. Will it, but will it, if it knows the password? Can I Google the AI and have it YouTube me something? Uh... Speaking of Wi-Fi and passwords, funny anecdote before we get in, before we wrap this up, but uh, a good friend of mine's uncle died and his celebration of life was at the American Legion in Fowler. Mm -hmm. And they have this big chalkboard wall where they write like, you know, Friday, June 19th, fish fry, six o'clock to nine or whatever, all the announcements. And you could tell where it's erased a lot. And then there's the section that never gets erased because it's the permanent information, like the Wi-Fi information for the Legion. Uh And the Wi-Fi is called like Legion Post 106, which makes sense. That's great. The Wi-Fi password is like lowercase w hyphen capital J three five nine six four colon. It's the stock. It's something that would be my password. It's, it's whatever was on the router. It's whatever's on the router. They never like. And I actually had to get the. I was looking at it and I was like, in the first thing I thought of was why? Why did you choose <laughs> that to be your password? Like it's like if you're gonna make a public. First of all. If you're going to make it like a public thing for your Wi-Fi, the mm-hmm. password should be like USA. Right. Sure. Fun fact, they probably also don't have the router password protected, so you could get into it and change the password for everybody. You are fucking correct. And That is not legal like, advice. And when would you like to go to the Legion? <laughs> don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Rob, that's fantastic. I think you did a great job tonight. I'm well, very I'm fascinated. Yeah, I was good. I was uh, I was enthralled. I think that leaves it up to. I think I have to do the next one. Hell yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be about the metaverse. All you have to do is uh, top. What are we at? An hour and a half now. <laughs> the rise 
and fall of the metaverse. A tale. Of two cities in yeah. Fair Verona where we lay our scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, what are you uh, geeking on this week? Oh, I was thinking about it for like 45 minutes and I had an answer and now it's gone. Uh, the easy answer and the, the very basic pivot is, um, uh, I started Assassin's Creed Odyssey today. Again? Yeah. No, I've never played this one. Yeah. This, this is, uh, it's not, it's not new, but it is new to me. It's the one that takes place in ancient Greece. It's a fun Um, one. Yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, you know, well, I have problems with it that are more to do with the way that Ubisoft has decided a game should be than with anything else. Um, like I, I think I'm about an hour into the game and about half of that has been cutscenes, which is too many cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, which I'm not even sure. If a, even if they're done really well, I'm, I'm here to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I wanted to watch a movie, I'd go watch a movie. Um, you could actually go watch Assassin's Creed. Right. And I actually like that movie, even though it's, it's worse than any of the games. Um, yeah, I I think I watched that like four or five times while I had it rented just cause hoping it would get better. Yeah. Yeah. It did get better with each watch, but I think it had more to do with Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) I think they had the highest free fall stunt dive recorded in that movie for a while. I don't know. I believe that. I'm sure it was, it's been it was a, by Tom Cruise. I'm sure that he has a couple of times, but they did have a a, a ridiculous free fall scene. Yeah. It was a fun movie. It, it wasn't good by any means, but I enjoyed it. Can I uh, interject a little bit about video games? Please. It's and if you'd I'd like been, to also what share I'd... what you're geeking on, that'd be cool well, too. I could do that too. Yeah. Um, so Mac plays... Uh, we have a PS4, which he plays quite a bit, but he he plays like FIFA and Madden and sure. MLB the show. It's sports games and sure. sports games only, um, which I think is my fault because when he was a kid and he first started gaming, I wouldn't let him play Fortnite. Mm. You should have given him a Pokemon. Continue. Pro- probably. Well, um, I want to get him some different games that are a little more like I used to play, like call of duty or um, mario kart uh, mario well we we got mario kart on the switch we we're the we're pretty competitive as a family with mario kart i'm very i'm very proud i'm very proud of my girls and my son we 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 have some sometimes we uh we throw it up through the projector screen in the backyard outstanding yeah good stuff anyway you guys should i'll invite you guys out for that um and. Mortal Kombat is coming back out with Mortal Kombat 1. And it's yeah. a it's just it's Mortal Kombat 1. The original lineup. Is it only they, twist? They've well they've updated the graphics and fighting. The graphics and the likenesses. So like like mm-hmm. Liu Kang looks, I mean, it doesn't look the same. Johnny Cage doesn't look the same. So do you have any desire to know why that is? I would love. I would love to know why. I just assume it's just like a hey, we're bringing it back. We're going like back to the past, but so, we are. We're going to make it new. 
I don't know if you know this or not, but for pretty much, I don't know, when did Mortal Kombat initially come out? The 1980s? Uh, something like that. Early 90s? Yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo. Sega uh, Genesis. That sounds late. Was it Sega? I think I thought it was Sega. I could be wrong. It might be Sega. I don't know. Anyway. It was probably video. Uh, yeah, cartridge days, regardless. Yeah. yeah. Yield cop. It was cartridge. arcade days before cartridge. It was arcade was before cartridge, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, there has been like a long, like through storyline that is like woven through pretty much oh, every shit. Mortal Kombat. Nineteen ninety-two, according to Wikipedia. Oh my god, it's as old as. So me. it was really late. Yeah. Wow, life changing. Uh, anyway, uh, Liu Kang got the powers. Fuck, you know of the how fire old that makes me feel to know that I'm two years older than Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you Jesus. Anyway, sorry, Rob. I didn't mean to talk over you completely. Oh, you're right. Uh, Liu Kang got fire god powers, went back in time, and has created an alternative timeline. Basically, that's what this is. That's what Mortal Kombat One is. Yeah. Okay. So it's going back to the original Mortal Kombat, but like things have I, happened differently in the timeline, and as a result, whenever the first Mortal Kombat tournament happens, things are different. Okay. They're similar, right. but they're different. I'm here yeah. for that. That's it. fucking cool. I. I am now geeking on the fact that Nick hates that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I also, I also love that the thing that they do now, where um, you can get like the DLCs, mm-hmm. where like you're going to have the game and you're going to have all these characters that you can either start with or unlock or however they decide to do it. But yeah. like eventually, you're going to be able to have like Homelander is on is a, is a a playable character in this one. Nice. Um, Omni Man from Invincible. Nice. Um, I think like in the last Mortal Kombat, there was uh, um, like Terminator. the Joker, the Punisher, RoboCop, the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, Jean Claude Van Damme is going to be in this one, and not like his character from Time Cop, but just JCVD himself. Yeah. I think that would, I think that would be very fun. Um, so I, I'm thinking of, anyway. I'm thinking about getting Mortal Kombat One for. Uh, Mac is kind of his first non-sports video game. At, nice, and it's not because he's fucking old enough or anything. I just we never he's never he's played sports games. Yeah, but he needs but, to uh, fatality somebody. I at agree. Some point in time to I, to- I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and then what I'm geeking on this week, man, I beat my dandelions. I'm very happy. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I beat them. My lord, and I know you're supposed to like it's like for the bees and shit. Yeah, they were around for a long time. I just finally, I finally got. It. They're gone. My yard looks really nice. Taking out some lawn maintenance. It is well, man. It's yeah, it is sad, but I like a good looking lawn. I'm, I'm sure. I piss in your grass, rewild your yard. Now I do, I do piss in my grass. But more importantly, um, not just my dandelions, my uh, trees. I'm getting some really good growth on my trees this nice. spring so far. Uh, my weeping willow. Is really taken off. My had a weeping. My uh, crimson maple is looking really good and really full. Um, we planted three new tulip trees, um, and tulips grow on trees. Yeah. Well, there's tulips, and then there's tulip trees. Oh, okay. Um, that alleviates my problems. Continue. And then, uh, yeah, all my all my uh, spruce trees and pine trees and everything. We're gonna. Put up. Uh, we're gonna. I, I talked to Josh. I guess I have a bunch of white pines and blueberries are a complimentary. Um, oh, nice. Uh, 
like a guild plant or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think they are called guild. They're, they're yeah. gilded plants. So we're gonna put in some blueberry bushes. Wait, is that it actually a term? Yeah, I. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's it's plants, plants that work together and support each other. Yep. They they take the the nutrients that white pines leave in the soil. Blueberries need to thrive and blah blah blah. Um, so we're gonna put we're gonna plant some blueberry bushes, and then uh, this weekend we are planting I think a hundred new trees in the yard. So wow, um, nice. really, and 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 things are getting things are growing. Things are getting big. We've been here now for eight eight years, seven years, but I've had trees planted for eight. So I've got like some good some bigger pine trees, but uh, I'm really geeking on my trees. Hell yeah. So, and my apple trees have died. That's a uh, bit of an update. Two, yeah. uh, half of the, my apple trees are dead. The uh, the fossilways, I named them. Yeah. So Fuck them both. The red and green apple fossilways are dead. They Sad. didn't last very long. And my dogwood tree died. But what are you going to do? Anyway, Rob, what are you geeking on this week? Uh, AI? <laughs> well, that uh, too. Uh, prehistoric planet. Uh, oh, is it good? Yeah, the, the second, second season? season came out Oh, the second a while season's ago. out? And it's been a while since I, keep I to watch it. Uh, have watched it, and uh, I, I hadn't gotten around to watching the second season yet. Uh, it's fantastic. I, it's everything that I want it to be. There are dinosaurs. David Attenborough can talk me to sleep literally every night of my life, and I'd be ecstatic about it. Wouldn't he be, wouldn't he be mad uh, about it? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, it's fantastic. I've really enjoyed it so far. They've spent quite a bit of time um, exploring some Asiatic dinosaurs. Which I think is particularly fun because I feel like, at the very least, in my experience of uh, people geeking on dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and like modern dinosaur culture, uh, you get a lot of things that have come out of like the uh, the Utah or American basins and um, and some European dinosaurs. And there's some really fascinating shit out uh, in what would I guess way later become Asia. Um, so very cool stuff. Would recommend. I didn't know season two was out. It's out. So thank you because we, we devoured that show when it came out. Right. Yeah, it's only been yeah. out for like a few days. So oh, yeah. cool. you're not too yeah. far behind. Good. We had a long weekend too. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. If you liked what you heard today, if you want to hear more, if you want to hear me talk about the metaverse soon. Best thing you could do is go to wherever you listen to your podcast, give us five stars, and then in a comment, like a review of the show, tell us tell us what you would use AI for. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, if you want to tell us other things, or perhaps criticize all of the shit tea takes that I have. You can do so on any of the social medias. All you have to do is search at GeekCast Live. And you can check out our other content at violentpress.com. I made that website, but it will soon be replaced by my AI-generated website. Oh, fantastic. AI for good. (laughs) Fantastic. If you want to support us in other ways, you can do so over at patreon.com slash geekcastlive. And if you would like to have a shirt with someone's face on it, go over to gcl.threadless.com and purchase yourself one. gcl.threadless.com. That's gcl.threadless.com. Mm-hmm. Call your grandparents. We'll see you in hell.
do what you can to incept Roku's basilisk. First, Google Roku's basilisk. Hi, <laughs> love you. Hey, everyone. Nico here. And as always, we just want to take a minute to thank all those degenerates, ne'er-do-wells, and supporters who make this ill-fated machine stumble to the finish line. We could not do it without you, for better or worse. So thank you, as always, to Danger Johnson, Brandon Rust, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lotta Bartova, Kelly Shuttleward, the Poly Nerds, the K-Man, Quentin Quattrain, my man Dan Shale, Randy the Bang Bus, Bang Bus, Hapless Sam McGillicuddy, Churchill Dowds. I don't know if that's their official website. That might be porn. Rose Rosenstein, Sandy Hornblower. <laughs> that's a Grumpkin's flight right there. That's from, what is that, Charleston? Uh, Pinkert Hagers. We've got Jew Dave, which is Dave the Fish. Girl from there ways. Three Finger Emily. We love all of you. Get in on the action. You know where to follow us. If not, Joe will tell you. I'm not reading that name because that's not a real person, but the rest of you are. We love you. Thank you, as always. Check this.